It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. Never a case of the Mondays, even though it is a beautiful Monday at City National Arena. We are in full swing for a playoff edition of Nighttime at Noon. From Studio 31, he's Justin Russo, the host of the VGK Today podcast. We can yes, say sir. that. I'm Brian McCormick, uh, getting you set for tonight's Game 4, Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets from Canada Life Center. And uh, tons to cover over the first three games of this series. It's had ebbs and flows galore, but the Golden Knights find themselves with a 2-1 series lead heading into tonight's Game 4. Um, all the series have been entertaining, some far more adventurous than others, but tons to break down playoff-wise. And while you listen to us on Fox Sports Las Vegas, you can also follow along simulcast across the VGK digital <laughs> platforms. So certainly hope you'll join us. Justin, how are you doing? Are you? This is this is nice for you. You can sit here in the afternoon, decompress mm-hmm. before the television takes over our lives from four <laughs> o'clock to midnight, yes, like it has yep. for the last two weeks. Yeah, it's just nice, you know, to get back here, relax a little bit. Of course, you know, playoff hockey this time of year, it's it's all going to go. You know, we're going to watch every single game like the hockey fanatics that we are. And, of course, the VGK tonight looking for a 3-1 series lead. Yeah, you know, ever since the Silver Knights season ended and I'm around the house a little bit more than <laughs> I usually am, uh, it's moments like this where I think uh, that my wife is very thankful to the Golden Knights for putting me behind a desk, putting me on the microphone, getting me out of the house because she likes hockey just as much as I do. But it has been from basically 4 p.m., during the week oh, at yeah. least, 4 p.m. till midnight, hockey every single night. She's like, Brian, I can't keep watching four games <laughs> stacked against each other. Like, there's a new Vanderpump. I need to get to something else. So she doesn't mind when I leave the house. <laughs> but we've uh, you know, we've had a lot of entertainment over the course of the first three games of this Golden Knights Winnipeg Jets series, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, let's, let's dive into it right now, it. really. The win in game three for the Golden Knights, uh, they, they surrender a three-goal lead in the third period, uh, which I'm sure they feel... First of all, they can live with it because they found a way mm-hmm. in overtime. They, they won. That's what's most important. And I think after watching Edmonton in L.A. last night, they're like, oh, hey, yeah. it happens to everybody. Exactly. But, but certainly uh, a re- resiliency for the Golden Knights to find a way to win. And there's a lot of things to pull from Game 3. We're going to pull them all. But I think one of the things that leaps off the page is, you know, the depth scoring that the Golden Knights have benefited from throughout the year when you look at, Nick Waz and Michael Amadios and Keegan Colazars and Will Carrier, who had a tremendous year. Hopefully he gets healthy at some point. But I think when you see that, you hope that that's going to carry over to the playoffs as well because in the playoffs, scoring condenses for everybody. Oh, yeah. It gets harder. Uh, and, again, we're seeing plenty of scoring in the first round. But the further you go, the more gridlocked it becomes. Is it going to be your, your depth guys who can still shine through? And Game 3 is a win that, yes, is courtesy of Jack Eichel's power play work, but perhaps more importantly... Keegan Colasar and Michael Amadio mm-hmm. finding a way to find the sheet. Yeah, and obviously Keegan Colasar with the goal late in that second period to make it a 4-1 game. And don't forget about the fight he had early on as well, yeah. kind of bringing the energy and in a tough road environment in Winnipeg, getting everyone going, and they get the Chandler Stevenson goal right after as well. So the depth has been coming through for the VGK. Of course, the top guys are all doing it still. You never know, know um, how the, those guys are going to perform. Jack Eichel with four points already in this postseason, his first postseason experience. So it's a mixture of those top guys that are performing, but the depth guys, like you said, also coming through, and it's been a nice, rounded effort for the Golden Knights. I think what's going to be really fascinating for Game 4 tonight is, uh, and of course, whichever storyline you think you're going to see, maybe you're right, but there's five more that's stacked on top mm-hmm. of it. But, you know, I think we've had it demonstrated how momentum is going to carry in, in every series, you know, strike while the iron's hot and don't make unforced errors that are going to open the door for, for the opposition. 
But I think when you look at what the Golden Knights were able to do in Game 3 to respond the way they did in overtime and find a way, every win is worth, I mean, not, not in a postseason series sense, but you know, every win is two points, every loss is two points lost, if you will. But that's got to be more deflating for Winnipeg to come back the way they did and go from something that Jets fans would watch on YouTube for decades <laughs> to come exactly. to now a game that they'll look back on as like, well, that was fun, but it still hurt at the end, to fight back the way they did, not really have anything to show for it, and to lose Josh Morrissey for the series yep. in the process. They're going to have to They're gonna dig deep, but they're going to have to dig deep because they go in tonight's game for a little bit on the ropes. Yeah, I mean, everything was going their way in that third period, and the crowd was so into it. They got the tying goal, and then they even killed that power play to start overtime as yeah. well. So you're thinking, oh, it's just a matter of time. At this point, they have all the energy going their way, and then one little turnover, Ivan Barbashev in on the forecheck. It goes off of him right to Michael Amadio, and, and he scores the overtime winner just like that. So, yeah, I think extremely deflating for a Winnipeg team who, if they had won that game, you know, you look at that Josh Morrissey loss, and you think, okay, well, at least we got a 2-1 lead. You know, we can try to find a way to rebound from this. But, uh, you know, a good point that I think uh, Darren Elliott brought up after Game 3 was like, you know, they had those five guys on defense that played really well despite the loss of Josh Morrissey, right? But how do they sustain that over a, a period of time throughout the rest of this series? It's one thing to do it in that single game and, and play your heart out for your guy who just went down, but to do that for the rest of the series is going to be hard to replicate that. And all the more reason why it's important for Winnipeg to win tonight, not to mention, well, we can, I don't have the statistics off the very top of my head because they're so lopsided you don't need to have them memorized. Teams that go down 3-1 don't fare very well. Mm -hmm. So for Winnipeg, tonight's not must win. We... we overuse that term yeah. but they got to win and for the Winnipeg Jets to not have Morrissey to have I mean are there any defensemen on the back end without Josh Morrissey that you really want out there 35 minutes I mean they, they've DeMello's been strong but like mm -hmm. Pionk's been yeah. strong but you know the, the workhorse has gone so it's a massive loss for them the one thing that both of these teams have at their disposal tonight though is that game five is not until Thursday mm -hmm. so you can empty the tank. If you want to play Alex Petrangelo 38 minutes tonight, you can do it. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is going to be a night where both Rick Bonus uh, and Bruce Cassidy can can manage their benches, no holes barred. Um, you know, let's talk a little power play because it obviously was significant. Two mm -hmm. power play goals, Jack Eichel getting involved. Jack Eichel had two power play goals uh, in Game 3. He had two all regular season. Yeah. So, first of all, I think the the looks that Jack Eichel is getting off the uh, the trigger point at the top of the left circle, finding some real estate. But it was, I think we've learned since the midway point of Game 2, Connor Hellebuck, all-world, absolutely top no five goaltender yep. in, the, in the National Hockey League today. But he's going to struggle with volume just like anybody else does. Mm -hmm. And Jack Eichel's first power play goal is essentially a broken play. Connor Hellebuck's reacting to the block shot that yep. didn't get through. And the second one, Jack Eichel, just a great release on a set from Petrangelo. But if you look at what Hellebuck has been able to do in games two and three, if there's volume, if there's traffic, there's going to be rebounds. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the, the, the bombs away approach for Jack Eichel, I hope he keeps that through game oh, yeah. four. And I think you listened to Bruce Cassidy after game one, and he was pretty candid about, look, we had an opportunity to get back in that game, and our power play let us down. You know, he said that late power play that could have had gotten them a chance to get back in that one. It didn't connect for him, and he was 
pretty candid again about we just need to get shots on goal. We need to stop trying these low percentage passes and just shoot the puck. And I yeah. think they heeded that advice in games two and three. And like you said, that broken play from Alex Petrangelo comes on a shot attempt. Try to get the puck to the net. You never know what's going to happen. Chandler Stevenson picks it up, and he gets it over to Jack Eichel, and they score a goal. So I think that shooting mentality is going to be really important for them, and obviously it has been very important for them because they're starting to see results on it. But just keep shooting the puck. And like you said, doesn't matter what goaltender you are. If you throw enough pucks on net, things are going to go in. I mean, we saw that even something like last night in the Edmonton game. Zach Hyman just puts a puck on net in overtime, yeah. and it goes under the arm of Jonas Corpusalo and in. You never know. And we're going to go through all uh, the series throughout the day because, I mean, there's just so much good hockey oh, yeah. to talk about. Um, and, of course, as you're following along uh, with Nighttime at Noon with us this afternoon, if you are on the social channels following along, you don't just have to listen to our pearls of wisdom. <laughs> We'd love to hear yours. Put them in the comments section. And our, uh, our production assistant, Sangi, will let us know what you think. Interesting to me last uh, in, in Game 3 is that First of all, again, the Winnipeg Jets with a, a, a very strong third-period comeback. They're not going to go away. They're going to be feisty and, and scrappy to the end with talent. But for the Golden Knights, they've been smart offensively. They've been producing in games two and three by doing the things that they do well. You're going to take any goal you can get in the postseason. If a puck bounces in off of Pavel Dorofiev's forehead in this series, nobody's going <laughs> to yep. complain about it if he gets in. But, you know, you, you don't complain about how they go in. But, boy, do you feel better when it's the product of the things you want to do well. And I think of that on two fronts. Keegan Colazar's goal felt a lot like Chandler Stevenson's goal from Game 2. Not yep. exactly the same. One's off a face-off win, one's off the rush. But it's the knowledge of, okay, beating Connor Hellebuck clean is tough. Not impossible because Chandler Stevenson did it to kick mm -hmm. off game three. But it's tough. Shoot for rebounds. And Jack Eichel on the, sh the shot that leads to the Colasar goal, he's shooting for a rebound. Oh, yeah. Right off the pads. And when you look at how depleted this Winnipeg defense core is and how much mileage is on them now, it's not just a matter of mental mistakes or, or the, the offensive production that comes from Morrissey that now has to predominantly come from Pionk, I think it's more along the lines of like, you know what, those net front battles, those races to the front are the races that Winnipeg's not going to win as often. And I think we saw that with the Colasar goal. And you talk about that depleted defense core. What do the Golden Knights talk about all series, the way they want to play? They want to get pucks behind the defense of Winnipeg. Yes. They want to make them go chase in on the forecheck and even look at the overtime goal that Michael Amadio scores. They get in on the forecheck, they force a turnover from the defense, and he gets the game-winning goal. So it all starts with trying to get pucks behind the defense, and even more so now with Josh Morrissey, a great puck-moving defenseman, he's out of the equation now. So now you can yeah. be even harder on those defense. You can put even more pressure on them, and you can start that earlier on. Absolutely right, and that was point two. One, shoot for rebounds. Two, you look at the overtime goal. We say, oh, it's a turnover in front. That goes off of Ivan Barbashev's foot. Yeah. That's the pressure created. And when you look at the goal from Amadio in overtime, if you want to date back to game two and what got the Golden Knights off the mat, the goal from William Carlson, which was a bouncing puck in between five Winnipeg bodies <laughs> yep. between the hash marks. It was literally just a matter of who was going to, to reach in and pick it out first. And it was William Carlson. The Golden Knights have done a good job not only just forcing turnovers, but funneling those turnovers to mm -hmm. the middle. The hot potato moments for the Jets have been the worst possible real estate possible, and the Golden Knights are converting. So I think for the for the Golden Knights, yes, the the loss of Morrissey, not just his talent, not just his production, but now you're going to be playing a lot of high-octane pressure on guys that you don't usually want out there for more than 15, 16 minutes mm -hmm. a night. And, uh, you know, when, when your bottom six is creating the pressure, create great A's off of that, that's, that's a good formula if you can keep – that heat on, and I think that's what's most important for Vegas tonight. And I think, you know, even with that Morrissey loss, right, Bruce Cassidy talked about it too, and even Alex Petrangelo mentioned it, that 
it's not going to change the game that they play. They're just trying to get to their game. They're trying to play the way that they can. And sure, it's a big loss for Winnipeg in the way that they might do things. But for Vegas, they're just going to keep trying to do the same thing, things that they've done in Game 2 and Game 3 that have been successful. I mean, Game 2 with Josh Morrissey, pretty handle, handily win for the Vegas Golden Knights. So they took care of business there. So it doesn't change their approach any bit. They just need to keep playing their game, which they did for the better part of four periods in Game 2 and Game 3, and they'll be successful. Yeah, and on top of that, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, like we said, We've talked about ebbs and flows this week, right? Sometimes we've talked about the, the way you win. You'll take any win you can get, but the <laughs> way you win matters. The way you lose matters too. Yeah. And to have scraped back the way that they did, have the building buzzing, have everything going, and then that deafening silence, and all you can hear is Michael Amadio and company screaming. Mm-hmm. That is deflating. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you get a day off in between. They're going to come out uh, – feisty tonight I'm oh, sure but if you're the Vegas Golden Knights you don't have to depart from your from your style of play but you can really put your foot down tonight and that's why you know get out of the gates early yep. get out fast and the one thing I wonder if we're going to see tonight that we really we started to see we mm-hmm. started to see in game three we saw the Colasar fight but that wasn't really a vitriolic fight that was he's challenged you want to go sure let's get things started mm-hmm. it was it was professional <laughs> agreed upon it was a little nastier when we started seeing the Shifley Hague exchange. Mm-hmm. That got a little bit chirpy. We've not seen yet fire in this series. We saw a game one that was Winnipeg getting out of the gates right and Vegas a little bit off balance and we didn't get to what we do well yet. Game two, Winnipeg not wanting to rock the boat. <laughs> And then waking Vegas up and like, okay, well, now we've got yep. this. And then kind of the opposite of game one in game three where Winnipeg got to their game yeah. in the third period. But we've not seen tone setting. We've seen two teams trying to do the things that they do well and yep. which is going to override the other. I wonder if we might start to see a little more sandpaper starting tonight with a Jets team that is desperate mm-hmm. and with a Vegas team that's equipped for it. If you want to get nasty in this series, and it doesn't have to be straight glove dropping. It can just be open ice physicality. If you want to turn this into crash and bang, Nick Hague and Braden McNabb are happy to oblige. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to start because the comparison I'll make is there's a difference between fire and frustration. Fire is useful. Frustration is I'm going down and I'm taking you with me. <laughs> exactly. And if you look at last night, what, what day is it? Last night with Boston <laughs> and Florida. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk trying to go after Linus Hallmark. That's frustration. Yeah. That's, over. This game got away from us. The We're starting to separate a little bit, and i got to do something. Mm-hmm. You look at Minnesota-Dallas, that's fire, and it's great. Mm-hmm. You look at Toronto and Tampa, two games that had lopsided <laughs> scores in that series, but when you see Steven Stamkos and Austin Matthews rolling around oh, on yeah. each other, that's not frustration. That is fire. And I wonder if we're going to see a little bit of fire tonight and who will be the one to dictate that. Vegas doesn't need to depart from what they're doing. Winnipeg, after what they did in Game 3, they don't have to depart necessarily either. But they also had to dig down deep and throw everything they had to overcome that Mm three-goal deficit, and they don't have anything to show for it. They might be the ones who say, we need to change the tenor of how this series is going. I think if you're the Golden Knights, you can certainly expect that from the Jets tonight, right? Backs are a little bit against the wall, down 2-1. It's a home game. Now if you lose this, 3-1 going back to Vegas, they don't want that. So I think you can expect a hot start from the Winnipeg Jets tonight. But 
if you're the Golden Knights, I, I would take a little bit of that blueprint of what the Jets did in Game 2, right? I mean, the tension after the first period in Game 2 where the Golden Knights had a poor Game 1, and then in Game 2 they started out a little slow, and you're thinking, oh, man, are they going to get it going? Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen here? So if you're the Golden Knights and you can start strong tonight and kind of plant that seed in their mind a little bit, you can kind of run out to that lead and hopefully protect it a little better than they did in Game 3. That's a great point, Justin, because we felt it in Game 2 at the Fortress. I don't care how loud and raucous and ready to go it is in the anthem. It only takes two or three uh -uh shifts (laughs) to make a building very, very nervous. Mm -hmm. And Canada Life Center is going to have every reason to come in revved up Mm -hmm. and every reason to be, (laughs) what are we going to get tonight if the first three shifts don't go that way? And that's why come, come in with ground and pound, get pucks deep, turn defensemen around and go to work. I think that's absolutely the the blueprint uh, to kick off game four. Uh, But, Whatever happens in Game 4, I can promise you something. There's going to be a Game 5, and I think you should be at it. Because if you miss Games 1 and 2 at the Fortress for the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, it's not too late to get your tickets for Game 5. Tickets for Game 5 are on sale now. Don't miss out on all the fun at the Fortress. For more information, visit our ticketing page on VegasGoldenKnights.com or contact our ticketing team at tickets at VegasGoldenKnights.com. Tickets at VegasGoldenKnights.com. We're going to hop out. When we come back, we're going to... Well, we're gonna, we got some uh, audio this morning from Gary Lawless, who caught up with Nick Haig uh, to get his feelings, get the temperature of the locker room heading into the all-important game for tonight at Canada Life Center. And, well, as you prepare for tonight, make sure you're thinking about tonight's stadium swim watch party as well. We'll tell you more about that on the other side of the break as well. Justin Russo, Brian McCormick, Here with you, Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans, Game 4 is tonight in Winnipeg, but you can celebrate right here in the Vegas Valley. Cheer for your Golden Knights at tonight's watch party at Circa Stadium Swim. Doors open at 6, game starts at 6.30. The evening will feature giveaways, raffle prizes, including VGK Authentics items and 2023 Stanley Cup playoff tickets. Fans wearing VGK gear will receive free entry, and all guests must be 21 and over. For more information, visit VegasGoldenKnights.com. VegasGoldenKnights.com. Back on Nighttime at Noon, along with Justin Russo, I am Brian McCormick, and you set for tonight's Game 4 in Winnipeg. Golden Knights have a 2-1 series lead after victories in Game 2 and Game 3. And, you know, again, we talked about for the Golden Knights right now, they are uh, not only playing their brand of hockey, overcoming some adversity and and the positives that come with that. They've got a lot of different names, big names on the score sheet, so everyone feels engaged, involved in this series. And predominantly, they are as healthy now as they were when the series started. You look at the Winnipeg side, we talked about the absence of Josh Morrissey. We also did not mention some of the other missing pieces, Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, And looking at... As we give you up-to-the-minute updates. I say up-to-the-minute. I'm reading something that happened three hours ago. But uh, Mitchell Clinton is the uh, the Jets team reporter for WinnipegJets.com. So I'd, I'd say probably Gary Lawless comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said what the line rushes were from this morning for the Jets. Uh, Logan Stanley drawing in to make up for the absence of Morrissey. Uh, but Nikolai Ehlers did not skate this morning. Wow. Cole Perfetti is still in a non-contact uh, jersey. And Rick Bonus has mentioned this week uh, that's possible they could go with seven defensemen, but Logan Stanley drawing in is, is one yeah. of the adjustments made uh, for a Winnipeg team that's missing some horses. 
And you talk about one of the differences between the Golden Knights and Jets in this series, even before Josh Morrissey got hurt. Back end for the Golden Knights has been a really strong point for this team all season long. And the fact that they're all healthy and going right now in this series is huge for them. And, you know, guy that we're going to hear from in just a moment, Nick Haig, a big part of that as well. Again, providing some of that physicality, too, that we mentioned in that first segment as well. Just not afraid to get out there, get his hands dirty. We saw the fights that he's had this year, especially yeah. towards the end of the year. So one of those guys to look for tonight if Winnipeg does come out a little aggressive. And it's one of the areas of the ta- of the game for the Golden Knights that probably they would want to address a little bit more after Game 3, where Winnipeg, you look at their, their comeback effort, zone entry is a little cleaner, the mm-hmm. Nino Niederreiter snipe. Of course, you always have to be mindful of Mark Shifley, of... Kyle Connors, who's has uh, Kyle Connor has better success against the VGK than anybody. Yeah. It feels like, uh, and increasingly, we now have to recognize a guy who we thought would probably be a role player, but has much more impact is Adam Lowry, yeah. who has not only been doing, uh, not only been producing, but he's producing a heck of a lot from the middle, including the game tying goal in Game Three. And if you're looking at the back end for the VGK in those. Uh, scrappy types and, and big burly types, Nick Haig among them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're clearing the front, you're probably clearing Adam Lowry in this series. Yeah, Adam Lowry, four goals this series. I mean, who would have thought that before the series started? Four goals in three games for Adam Lowry, and especially that big one in game three, right in front of the net. And, you know, the, the big thing, though, for the for the Golden Knights, you know, I, I heard Bruce Cassidy talking after game three, and, and he was talking about, especially for that third period, he didn't feel like it was really a terrible period for them anyway. He just felt the Jets were pretty opportunistic with the chances they got, just a few things they could have fixed here and there. But overall, a pretty good period, which is why I think they had confidence going into overtime and moving forward in this series as well. And Winnipeg had 17 shots in the third period. So you say there's opportunistic? Absolutely. There's also desperate. And sometimes uh, you don't have to beat yourself up for uh, facilitating a desperate team being desperate. Sometimes Mm -hmm. desperation works. Uh, and that was the Jets giving their best shot and the Golden Knights finding a way on Michael Amadio's overtime winner. So as we broke that down, you know who breaks it down even better, the, the needs of the back end? <laughs> it is Nick Hagan. He caught up with Gary Lawless earlier today. Let's give a listen. Here with Nick Hagan in the visitors' dressing room at Canada Life Center in Winnipeg. Pretty tight quarters in here, and with all the reporters, when like, there was like, it's tough to move around, isn't it? Yeah, there's, it gets tight. The, the dry stall area is uh, a little tight, too, but uh, it's all right. Yeah, we're, especially when the media is in here, it's a lot of, a lot of people hanging around and uh, trying not to step on any toes coming off the ice. Some pretty cool Vegas Golden Knights moments in this room, though. In 2018, you've seen the picture. In 2018, after they won the Western Conference Final, took a picture with all the guys in here with all the hats on. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a huge moment in, in team history. Yeah, I've seen the photo. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely really cool. Uh, you know, first share the, the run that they had. And, uh, yeah, they, they, some of the guys were talking about how, like, you know, playing here in the playoffs and, you know, how intense it can be. And, uh, we definitely saw that. Uh, I'd say a little bit there. <laughs> what did you think of the whiteout? Uh, it was. I loved it. Right. It's it, to me. It doesn't matter uh, if they're cheering against us or whatever. The the atmosphere was great. Uh, definitely really cool. It kind of you know it brings energy for everyone. Visiting team, home team. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, it's that's playoff hockey. They were into it, which was uh, very cool. So you're from Kitchener, Mark Shifley, the 42 goal man for the Jets, is from Kitchener, and you guys were. St- yapping at each other all game long and there was an altercation and I, you couldn't see it in real time he kind of jabs you but then your right arm is along the wall behind the referee and behind him and the, and you can't really see it but I watched the replay after and you tagged him 
Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know Scheife a little bit. Uh, I've skated with him before. Uh, he threw the first one, and uh, <laughs> I answered it. That's the way it goes. Uh, I'm never going to, you know, get a poke at a guy like that. I'll, t- I'll take that shot every chance I get. Every dressing room has kind of like... I know you guys are all friends, but there's different layers, right? The, the married guys with kids that have been around, kind of. If if, the, if you were playing golf tomorrow, there'd be a bunch of different foursomes, and your foursome would be some of the younger guys, and yeah. Michael Amadio would be one of them. I know you guys are pals. How happy were you for him when he, I guess, happy for everybody, right? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, that, that, that was, it was a huge kind of sigh of relief. We're, we're all pretty so I didn't even see it go in, actually. So I, it, I didn't know who scored it until the pile kind of, uh, you know, separated a little bit. But uh, that, was, that was a great shot. We, him and I kind of joke around with each other all the time, you know, before the game, before periods, whatever. Just uh, we say, like, hey, find me. Find me out there. And, uh, and he, he found me nicely in the, in the first overtime. Uh, and I didn't, uh, I didn't bury the chance. Then I, I said to him after the game, I said, "You deserve that one for the pass you made to me." And I didn't finish, since, but you got it back there for us. So uh, it's just a great play all around, a great finish. He's a, he's a goal scorer. Right? That's what he does. It's become a real part, important part of this team, and it's. I love watching the growth and the change in a team. And last year's dressing room, because of all the injuries, it never had that. Uh, just didn't have that great bond, but this this dressing room has it, doesn't it? We for sure do. Yeah, we're uh, this is a really tight group, and uh, I mean, you talk about older guys married with kids, whatever. It, it's uh, it's kind of cool the way we got in this room, and none of that you, you almost wouldn't even know, right? It's everyone, uh, everyone's has the mindset on the same thing. We're all pushing towards the same thing, all kind of pulling in one direction, and. Uh, and it's been a ton of fun all year. Uh, you know, we we have a blast being around each other, playing together, kind of going out there fighting for each other. And I think you see that, you know, throughout games and uh, and even more in the playoffs. Right? We're, you know, we're we're a tight knit group, and we're gonna go out and go to war every night together. And uh, you know, it's you know, so far it's 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 worked out for us. Take us behind the scenes a little bit. I know that it was a team dinner last night. You went to a steakhouse, and you guys all sat in the same room. Shoe checks, uh, anything like that last night, or uh... no, 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 not last night, uh, not last night. Just some laughs and uh, you know, kind of hanging out. You know, again, spending more time together. It's, we get out on the road here in the playoffs, and it's you know, we're at the rink together, we're at the hotel together, dinners together, all that. It's uh, you know, just kind of hanging out and just having fun, right? You get away from the rink, uh, kind of take your mind off uh, things a little bit, and just get ready to go and uh it's fun we're just it's just kind of a bunch of dudes hanging out and uh you know playing cards whatever you know watching the other games that are going on uh yeah we, we have a blast did you watch some of the games yesterday uh yeah a little bit uh just we kind of have them on right there they were on at dinner uh just kind of watch them in the background sort of thing uh i went to bed when uh LA was up three nothing. Woke up this morning and saw that uh, Edmonton came back. So uh, some good hockey going on around the league. Are you? There's a mystery texter. Lauren Bressois, Lauren Bressois received a text yesterday from, and he thought it was from Gary Lawless. Are you the prankster behind this? That was not me. No. Is it you? It's not me. No. Like no text you. players during the playoffs. What was the text? I I don't know what the text was. He just said to me. Uh, 
when I walked in this morning, he said, uh, he's like, I texted you back. You didn't answer me. And I'm like, I didn't text you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not me. Not me. He would have my number. He would know it's me. <laughs> you got a burner. Yeah, no, no, no burner. <laughs> no, no burner. I don't know. I haven't gotten a text. And that was Nick Haig uh, earlier today with Gary Lawless. And, you know, I feel it's the right thing to do, the responsible thing to do. To own up to something here in front of you, the fans, and really the entire world here on national, international internet television. Justin is the mystery texter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but we will get to the bottom of this. We'll find out. We will not sleep. We will not rest until we know who the mystery texter <laughs> may be. But if it's something that's making Gary Lawless look foolish, uh, then I feel like it might be Dave Gosher. <laughs> but we'll find out. Um, but, you know, from that conversation, a couple of things I draw away from that. Do you know what a shoe check is? I do not know what a shoe check is. I know what a shoe check is. Um, it is, well, and just presuming there's not multiple uh, <laughs> iterations of it, but I remember from when I was a kid and played and went on hockey road trips and whatnot. Shoe check, you go to dinner. Some prankster, someone gets the assignment, I guess, but will crawl underneath the tablecloth at some point, uh, unbeknownst to anyone if you do it well, and you take a pat of butter and you put it on someone's shoe. <laughs> and if you get caught in the act, I forget exactly, I, mean, I guess the punishments can vary. It might be a matter of who pays for dinner or whatnot. But if you get caught, you're it. <laughs> you're um, it. Or if, you know, <laughs> all right, someone will just like, clink, 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 shoe check, and you look down, like, how did that get on my shoe? And if you're the one who mm. uh, didn't pick up on it, then, uh, again, either you're, you're, you're fined or you're, you're paying for dinner, <laughs> you're, you're put, you know, doing a, a, a comedy show for the group, whatever it is. But that's, that's what that is. But, you know, the fact that Gary asked that, I, I think, was, was interesting in that it acknowledges you need some levity. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go as far in this tournament as you hope to go, it's going to be about two months. Yeah. If you are in serious ulcer-inducing <laughs> stress mode the entire time, you're not going to make it very far. And you're certainly not going to respond to the adversity mm-hmm. that you know is going to come. No one goes 16-0 and in this tournament. You're going to have setbacks. There's got to be levity if you're going to bounce back from it. And if you heard Nick Hagen that conversation relaxed easy they're they're on top of themselves right now i think uh darren millard made a good point today on vgk today as well that you look at this team on on the ice and they have a ton of fun you see the mark stone celebration you see everyone having a ton of fun but they know how to have fun but they know how to turn it right back on and focus on the game as well so it's a good mix of going you know back and forth recognizing that hey this is the stanley cup playoffs this is what you've dreamt about your entire life you have to have some fun while you're here. You can't be stressed out, and I, I think that's a good message to all you fans out there as well. Have some fun. Take a little, you know, relax a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, have some fun. You know, of course, that's a little different when the Golden Knights are in double overtime, and and it's a little more stressful. But look, the guys are having fun, and and like you said, you have to. If you want to go two months on the road, back and forth, and intense environments the entire way, you have to find a way to have fun. And I think a second point of the conversation it ties right to this is well, how do you do that? Nick Hague said, oh, I'm watching the games. There's great hockey going on. I have no idea. Not a clue. I'd be curious <laughs> to know, honestly, if Bruce Cassidy has an opinion one way or the other. If he tells the guys, hey, block out all that other noise. We're just worried about ourselves. Or watch as much hockey as you can. I think I honestly, what, what locker room am I in? So what do I know? <laughs> but personally, I think I would want the guys watching as much hockey as they want. Mm-hmm. They're going to force them to watch it either. But like, hey, have the games on. Enjoy because... It adds to the levity, adds to the fun, but on top of that, misery loves company. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> misery loves company. In this 
atmosphere. If the Golden Knights were to lose Game 3, they didn't get the bounce. Adam Lowry is the one who gets the game winner in overtime in Game 3. If that happens, you can stew over it. You can toil over it. You can say, and you might be right, you might have that that, uh, emotional fortitude to say, hey, it's over, it's in the past, we can't change it, we move on to Game 4. Not every person can do that, right? Some people are going (laughs) to hang on to it a little bit. But if you felt that way, and then you watched Edmonton and L.A., you say, you know what? This is tough on everybody. Everyone has a setback. I think it's actually really humanizing to something that is so Mm narrative-driven to look at these games and be like either A, hey, look at the show those guys put on. We're going to have a moment like that too. Or, hey... (laughs) Every team, everyone's going to stub their toe at yep. some point. I think it actually adds a little perspective. And I know as a fan, I am having that experience <laughs> where you'll watch the, the Golden Knights and you'll be like, all right, we won game three, got through got that there. one, great. And then you watch the Islanders-Carolina series and you think of an Islander fan, you're like, oh, well, at least I'm not having the week that they're having. Yep. I think there's a benefit to, to watching uh, as many of the games as you can fit in your schedule. Yeah, and I, I, that's one thing that Bruce Cassidy brought up as well, where he was talking about, hey, you know, obviously we want to get it done in the third period in game three. We don't want to have that moment. But he said, you know, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and the game that they had. It, it happened to them, too. They're a two-time Stanley Cup champion. They went to the final last year. It happens to everybody, no matter how experienced you are, no matter you know if you're young, old, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen to everyone. Like you said, you're not going to win every single game. Of right. course, you want everything to go perfectly, and, and they were in a good spot, but things happen, right? Bounces go here and there, and you, you can't control some of that stuff. So I think it, it's good for those guys to just kind of you know relax a little bit. And, and I think a lot of those guys, just as fans of hockey, like to watch anyway. You know, I heard Jack Eichel saying, you know, I just watch because I'm a fan. You know, it, you know, yeah, I'll pick up on some things here and there, but I just like watching playoff hockey. So I think the guys naturally do that as well. And and yeah, you know, keep things a little light. How can you not have guys watching what the the best thing that's on TV right now? How can you not? But you know what? We'll talk a little bit about the uh, those those adjustments. The importance of response. I think matters even early in the playoffs. You know, it's there's a long road to go. We'll probably remember things ten years from now. More likely, we're going to remember the things that happened in rounds three and four than we do in one and two. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. the character building that gets you to June isn't just what happens in the regular season. You're still building that 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 armor mm-hmm. now, and I think we can talk about that a little bit in the next segment because I get carried away and we're over time. So <laughs> let's hop out. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about VGK Winnipeg Jets Game 4 playoff action. And we will remind you that tonight's Game 4, you can be surrounded by kindred spirits, medieval maniacs, at Circa Stadia Swim. Doors open at 6 p.m. Game starts at 6.30. Evening is going to feature giveaways, raffle prizes, and that includes VGK Authentics items and 2023 Stanley Cup playoff tickets. Fans wearing VGK gear will receive free entry. And all guests must be 21 and over. For more information, visit VegasGoldenKnights.com. We'll hop out. We'll come back. Brian McCormick, Justin Russo, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Back here on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And seeing as though I introduce every other podcast, I might as well tell you about the Vegas Golden Knights, that they have made their return to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And to be sure to stay updated by tuning in to the all-new VGK Today podcast. Each episode of VGK Today will be hosted by a Golden Knights broadcaster that consists of recaps, reviews, or recaps, previews, interviews throughout the entirety of the team's journey in the 2023 postseason. New episodes will be available every morning, so listen as you start your day. You can catch VGK Today by visiting your favorite podcast outlet. Welcome back here. Nighttime at noon. Justin Russo, Brian McCormick with you here. Game four tonight for the VGK in Winnipeg. And, uh... Don't forget about the watch party. Stadium Swim Circa, a big one here for the Vegas Golden Knights. You're going to make sure you're going to be there. Absolutely. I mean, it's the it's the biggest screen I can think of in town, so <laughs> you might as well get uh, get down there. I say get down there early, but that doesn't really make sense, does it? The doors open at 6, so be there by 6 and be ready to get in, <laughs> uh, get comfortable, and uh, get ready to get raucous for Game 4 uh, in Winnipeg tonight. You know, t- speaking of VGK today, uh, that uh, you've been – Involved in every single episode, Justin, you're the one who, who uh, you're, you're the traffic cop of, of the... Making it all happen. All the opinions and hot takes and an- analysis coming and going, you have it organized. I, I wonder, through listening to all these episodes, uh, what, what you've learned uh, as this uh, series is evolving. Yeah, and it, it's great to hear the perspectives of everyone, right? You know, we've had essentially every VGK broadcaster on, so it's fun to just hear their different perspectives in terms of whether it's a preview to the game or a recap of the game and just kind of how they see it. But, you know, I think for me in, in terms of just seeing some of that smaller stuff, right, where, you know, maybe you don't pick up on it as the game goes along uh, in terms of the, the game reviews and kind of picking up on, on how the VGK are playing, on how the momentum is swinging. You, know, you had a great episode on how the uh, the momentum was swinging in the series as well and, and kind of the storylines that go along within the series rather than just looking at the box scores as well. So it's been great so far this past week, and you're going to get a great recap or a preview or whatever. Great analysis of every single VGK game with every episode. I always think that just being around this building as much as I am, not many organizations have as many experts under oh, yeah. one roof as we have. <laughs> And uh, I mean, we get to hear Darren and Gary and Dave and Darren number two, and like, like <laughs> just overhearing conversations is just like, gosh, you learn so much mm-hmm. around this place. So, uh, good resource VGK today. Make sure you're tuning in wherever you get your podcast. As we turn our attention to tonight and Game Four, again, some of the storylines. Of course, we've talked about the absence of Josh Morrissey for Winnipeg. That's going to be big on the Vegas side. They've been predominantly healthy uh, with the group that they started this playoff uh, stretch with. Um, and if you look at one of the players that uh, was, I would imagine, not what people who people were anticipating was going to be the starting goaltender for this series, if mm-hmm. you look back a couple of months ago, because Laurent Brassois was in Henderson. Further back than that, he was on rehab and conditioning stints yep. in Henderson. So it was a, a big build back. But in an atmosphere where Bruce Cassidy said from day one, it was going to be a competitive environment between the pipes. And I think when we heard that, we just assumed it's a competition. It's a Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill competition. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it bore tremendous fruit. But we probably in the back of our minds should have thought organizationally, everyone can push for that spot. And Laurent Brassois played at a level and put himself in a position and had the good fortune to be the one healthy and able to take the reins mm-hmm. at the time they were offered to him. Uh, to be in this position in what is a bit of a Brassois revenge series against the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets, but through three games he's been admirable. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just never know who's going to have the hot hand riding into the playoffs, right? I mean, you look at the Washington Capitals the year that they won the Stanley Cup, unfortunately, against the VGK. Brayton Holpe comes in, 
loses his starting job and then regains it, and then he ends up winning the Stanley Cup for them. And, you know, you look at even this year, Philip Gustafson in Minnesota. Marc-Andre Fleury was the guy, and now he's the guy for the Minnesota Wild. So you just never know. You have to ride the hot hand. And we had the fortune of seeing Lauren Brossois down in Henderson for the majority of the Henderson's overnight season and how well he was playing. And he just bided his time. He waited down there, and he finally got the opportunity. He played well. Unfortunately, he got hurt after his first stint with the VGK, but he played very well, and now he's in this position, and it's great to see. And it's going to be, uh, again, I, I would imagine we're going to see Winnipeg's best shot tonight, which means Laurent Brassois is going to have to make a statement of his own in the first period tonight to, to maintain this momentum that the VGK currently has. We'll hop back out when we come back. Well, before we do, uh, Songy, do we have any commentary from uh, the Etherwebs? Anyone out there? The Etherwebs. What did you say? Where, where did you see it before? Someone said, was it three Fs for Brian McCormick? What does that mean? <laughs> We got the shoe check. We got the apps. We'll, we'll figure it all out. What, is it, what, what does it mean? Am I in tr- did I fail? I don't know. You have to stay tuned to the end was to it find out when we tell Brian what he messed up on. Okay, brilliant people out there, <laughs> please tell us what does that mean and should I be worried. But we'll step out. When we come back, we'll look at some of the other series around the NHL. There are many, and they are good. That's straight ahead. Brian McCormick, Justin Russo here with you on Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans, football is back. And no, I'm not talking about the draft. I'm talking about the Vegas Nighthawks who have returned for their second season in Henderson. Become part of the Nighthawks family. Don't miss out on the action at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Full season memberships start just $15 per ticket and per game. For more information about tickets, venue, parking, and more, visit NighthawksFootball.com, NighthawksFootball.com. Back on Nighttime at Noon, I'm Brian McCormick. He is Justin Russo with all your Game 4 prep and overall playoff conversation, and there's much to talk about. Uh, First of all, as we mentioned, tonight is the watch party for the Golden Knights at Stadium Swim, Circa Stadium Swim. Uh, That's at 6 p.m. Doors open, 6.30. Puck will drop at Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, so make sure you get down there for all the VGK fun. There will be raffles, there will be giveaway, and there will just be an overall uh, ridiculous atmosphere amongst uh, fellow medieval maniacs. Uh, Game 3's watch party at the Dollar Loan Center on Saturday was fun. Saw a lot of people down there that afternoon. That was fun. I mention that now because uh, the Nighthawks football turf was, was down for that day, yeah. and there were kids running around, which is that, that's great too. Now tonight's watch party, let's just make sure we're clear on this for Game 4, that's for 21 and over. But if there are more watch parties in the future like the one that was at the Dollar Loan Center, that's big for parents because you can have your kids running around on the turf exhausting themselves <laughs> while you watch a hockey game and don't get uh, have to play 20 questions. So I think there's value for everybody. Great but, for everybody. Uh, that'll be fun for tonight at Stadium Swim for those who are age-appropriate. As we wrap up our final segment of uh, Nighttime at Noon, again, we've talked a lot about tonight's Game 4. Why wouldn't we? But there's been just so much good hockey over the last oh, week. Yeah. And I think it's actually kind of ironic. And at the trade deadline, we talked so much about the the arms race in the East, how everybody was loading up. Uh, and maybe for those teams that did load up, maybe what we're seeing now is just that it worked. Boston has a 3-1 <laughs> series lead. Florida's been scrappy, but Boston's yep. up comfortably. Carolina's, uh, aside from taking a, a dip in Game 3, they've been pretty much in charge of mm-hmm. that series throughout. Um, I think the Rangers and Devils, Rangers dominated the first two games. Game three felt kind of coin flippish. We'll find out more about that mm-hmm. one tonight. Toronto and Tampa has been uh, a, a two lopsided games with lots of <laughs> anger in between. The West, I 
last night with L.A. and Edmonton was was great. I think Minnesota-Dallas has probably been my favorite series for entertainment value across the board so far. Um, and Colorado-Seattle is probably the one I've watched the least of. But, again, look at a, a an underdog letting a team off the ropes a little bit, like maybe L.A. Mm-hmm. did last night. Colorado's looking more Colorado-esque with each period of this series, and you yep. know, Nathan McKinnon is now in the fight. Yeah, all three of the Western series outside of the VGK have been amazing. I think a lot of them, too. It's that element of that back and forth, right, where it's we've seen a lot of the, the game threes be so important because the first two games, they seem so split down the middle, right? You know, and that out East as well with Tampa Bay, Toronto, where they, they split the two games, each put up seven goals, and then you get to that intense game three. VGK in Winnipeg, they split the first two games, you get to that intense game three. So there's been a lot of intense hockey lately as the series ramp up, and it's just been great to watch. And yeah, that, that Minnesota-Dallas series has been excellent excellent hockey too and it's been so fun to watch but the LA Edmonton one is interesting because it's gaining yeah it's gaining tied it too now and and that was a big overtime for the Edmonton Oilers in that in that game last night because they were facing a 3-1 deficit and then they get the goal by Zach Hyman how about Jack Campbell coming in as well in relief and playing great you expect that I mean he's got to get the start in the next game right I I think looking at goaltending I think Akira Schmidt getting a game three win for New Jersey was did his job and a young guy playoff debut at Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden in Game Three played well. I felt a, a lot of talk about him was like I think they didn't he didn't get as much action as he should have. And there was a lot of pucks that missed the net. That less of a storyline to me than Jack Campbell coming in last night and he yeah. he did something. He oh, had yeah. a couple of great A's. He looked phenomenal. And I think despite it's funny how in a, in a series there are going to be some games that just hey we. We lost that game. It's not a matter of going. We don't have to break it down. We just lost that game. Yep, move on. Game three, Minnesota Dallas. Minnesota dominated that yep. game. But even with a five-one result in that contest, like, has there been a better goaltender in the playoffs so far than Jake Ottinger? Oh no! It's really hard to pick someone who, at the very least, hasn't been. If if not, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. If mm-hmm. it's not him there, it certainly is him in the sense of moment-defining stops. Yeah. And you saw that reaction from the Minnesota bench in the last game, too, where there was that last-minute save that he made to, to preserve the on lead. On Johansson. Yeah, on, on Johansson, yeah. yeah. And, and the bench is going, oh, my what God, do how did he not to save? Do? Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those moments where you're facing an opposing goaltender and you just think, how are we going to get the pucks past this guy? And it, it, it really goes to show how important that position is in terms of just stealing entire playoff series. And you you might not even have the best team, but if you have the best goaltender, you've got a shot every night. And it's right, we're having that conversation. That series, you look down the other end uh, – has Gustafson not been fantastic? Oh, he's been, he's been fantastic. So I mean that that's a fun series, and uh, I mean you, again you look at tonight's ledger. Of course we've got the the Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, uh, but we've also got Rangers and Devils game four. We're gonna have Toronto Tampa that's heating up in a big way, and then Colorado Seattle uh, in Seattle. So there's there's so much great stuff on uh, on the calendar every single night. Um, I'm curious what you think of this as we've got a few minutes left. Has there been more? officiating complaining from fans that there, there always is, but I feel like it's more, I, I mean, I'm feeling more of a, we've got to do something since then I have in the past. And it feels a little dra- dramatic to me. There, there's been calls I haven't yeah. liked, but I hear calls like we need a third referee in the stands. No, we don't. <laughs> 
I don't think we do. That's always elevated in the playoffs, right, when everything's so magnified. But especially when here Sheldon Keefe mentioned it for the Toronto Maple Leafs, too, kind of insinuating that, hey, you know, maybe Tampa's getting some calls because, you know, they're on the side of the refs or something. So, And Sheldon's saying that because he wants to get three calls tonight. We're going to see if it works. It's a little gamesmanship, right? You want to go both ways. You want to do whatever you can for your team. But I think that's kind of the narrative, right, when the players are saying it themselves, of course the fans are going to. And I don't want to lose the gamesmanship. That's part of it to me, just like I don't want the same strike zone every single night if an umpire has his own interpretation. (laughs) Now, not broadly, of course, but, oh, this guy calls a low strike. Yeah. that's going to dictate the game tonight. I don't want an eye-in-the-sky referee who's seeing two guys jabbing at each other 20 feet behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Like, again, there's going to be calls missed. <laughs> My opinion on this will completely change tomorrow, depending <laughs> on what happens tonight. But I, I've found that to be a, a strange thing. Or uh, Sean McIndoe, down goes Brown on Twitter. Yeah. The, uh, the the missed high stick in overtime between L.A. Yeah. and Edmonton is like, did it change the game? Did it change that play? We didn't even know until we watched it mm-hmm. five more times. People are looking for get-out-of-jail-free cards, and that's what I don't want. Yeah, and I think that goes back to even look at like, the offside rule, right? I mean, of course, the, you want to get everything right, but the spirit of the rule is I don't want to take five minutes determining whether a guy was right. two inches offside because you want to call back an amazing play that he made just because it was you know, that close. So I think we get into the nitty-gritty of things, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Right? This is why we bring up the spicy topics at the very, very end of the show, <laughs> so they'll bring us back next week. But we are done. He's Justin Russo. I'm Brian McCormick. Thank you for joining us on Nighttime at Noon. And a reminder, head down to Circa Resort and Stadium Swim tonight. 6 o'clock, the doors will open. 6.30, the puck will drop for Game 4. Also tune on tonight on AT&T Sports Network. And join the VGK Insider Show this afternoon to get you ready for Game 4. This is Nighttime at Noon. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.